0: what's up Hood nation welcome to the roaring reactions on running through the jungle channel on the fans first sports network we are a day late but not a dollar short a little traveling uh i was in michigan this weekend for games so things got a little bit crazy visiting some family and uh whatnot but back at it back in the studio again i'm your host brandon harriet with your host justin lacy and tim lyons what's up justin
1: Hey, how you guys doing today i'm doing i'm doing pretty good we got a nice little win you know we i know we're going to go much deeper into it but the weather's getting colder out and it's time for some real football weather so we're hitting hard out here
0: yeah you know you said something backstage that really hit home too like uh i think our reactions Probably at, at four o'clock, we're a little bit different than our reactions were around nine o'clock, I would say. So For sure. it's actually nice to soften that blow a little bit, do it the next day, because a lot of teams, but some of the best teams in the NFL didn't look all that great.
1: They did not. I mean, uh, you, did you look at Buffalo in New York uh, last night? Um, Buffalo, I, I that spread was a hell of a lot bigger than what we thought it was going to be coming into the game. And then the Bills just didn't even look good at all. They, they still put out the win, but the Giants more or less lost that game because they were rolling a one-inch line in, at the end of both halves to either yeah. kick a field goal or win the game. And they missed it on both both times. So, yeah, it was it was a tough it was a tough sledding for a lot of teams, a lot of great yeah. teams, I should say. And
0: you know, they've been definitely a, a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde team The Buffalo Bills had. And I, I've heard a lot of the, well, you know, the travel back from the U.K. game well the Jags didn't look that way they were yeah. over there for two weeks they came back look good yeah they they were great but tim hey we eked one out against your sea chickens you don't have to eat crow over there in the in the great northwest so wasn't pretty but you got what you needed
2: yeah man we got the win um i don't have to listen to the seahawks uh running their mouths for the rest of the year um, you know, today is a gloomy day here in Seattle. Uh 100% chance of rain and I think it's all Seahawks tears. <laughs> and you'll take it though. Huh? You'll take it. Oh yeah. All
0: right. Well, uh you know, we're back in since we did get a chance to listen to these. We're going to go through a little bit of this uh coach's cliff notes here for you. If you're not familiar with the coach's cliff notes, this is what you come to us for you don't have to listen to 20 30 minutes you don't have to listen to the terrible audio that is the Cincinnati Bengals post game I don't know why or what they do they cannot get it together Zach Taylor cuts out at every press conference that's at home I can hear him fine when they're on the road it's just it's nutty to me they can't figure that out but you come here you like and subscribe to this you get our notifications. You give us those five-star ratings, and then you get us listening to all that stuff, trimming the fat off of it, and giving you the white meat. Zach Taylor said what Zach Taylor says for for 95, probably, percent of his uh, press conference. He was in good spirits. There was um, even Joe Burrow even quoted, um, and I think Zach might have, too, that we're not going to apologize for a win quote, but... You know, he took some more responsibility. That's been the theme over the past couple weeks. Um, I'd say three weeks, which I like. Um, we got to be better on offense. He said, even myself and play calling. He said I got cocky with some things in the second half. He's like, we got to you know stay true to the game and and, and do our thing. Um, he said, we just have to get the ball in the end zone. I agree. One way, shape, or form, we can't score 17 points with this much talent. I mean, you're talking about, we got three guys on that offense that are all pro, all league, all world. The three of them together, probably going to make over $100 million in the next couple of years. I, I agree with him. Justin, any takeaways on uh, on Zach's thoughts there for the uh, coaches cliff notes
1: yeah you know um I really liked that he's really owning an accountability once again and it just speaks volume to where he needs to grow as a head coach more specifically on the offensive side of the ball the defense they stood tall and they kicked ass for most of the game and I understand that the first draft that Seattle had they just marched right down the field and they got into the end zone. I kind of predicted something like that was going to happen because I was giving Seahawks fans, I'm not Seahawks fans, but I was giving the Seattle team a lot of credit going into this game, that it's going to be one of those dogfight kind of games. And Kenneth Walker is one hell of a running back, but the defense really stood tall. And I think that Zach Taylor, he didn't just pinpoint one guy, he pinpointed the whole entire defense. I listened to also the locker room celebration. He understood that, man, you got to give ownership credit. All you, The defense just gives all kind of credit for this game. They rescued and built the offense out. And Zach Taylor also said, man, you got to take accountability, man. You just – and that's exactly what he did. And I'm seeing everybody on the offensive side of the ball just really treat this as this was a loss and not more of a win. So that's what I took away from him, from him. and and all of them more specifically. But more, but speaking sure. on Zach Taylor's words, uh, he, he's really showing in his growth that, dude, he got to be better.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, there was um, he referenced one of the guys uh, talking about a quote from a a coach he's friends with or whatever. You know, it's better to it's better to win ugly than to lose pretty. That was the one thing he was like. I "I heard that. This is the way it is. Tim, anything else? uh, Anything? I know. uh, I even catch you making comments every once in a while on, on on these post game pressers. Anything stood out to you, man?
2: You know, Zach gave, I think he gave 99% of the credit to the defense. He was he was like, our defense stood up. You know, our defense did their job. Our defense bailed us out of this. And uh, he even gave Lou, you know, Lou some props too in there, if, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, yeah, like Brandon said, 99%, it's the same BS. It's, uh, you know, we got to do better. We got to do better. You know, we got to score points. Yeah, well, you know, it is football. We do got to do better, and we do got to score points. But thank you, Captain Obvious. But, uh, you know, yeah, my biggest point, my biggest thing was is that he did praise the offense, or excuse me, praise the defense, and um, he did take accountability, you know, same as you guys all said.
0: You know, uh, Joe, when he came out, short and sweet. Um, You could tell he was annoyed, but he's polite. So... Um, he, he didn't say anything, uh, too over the top anything uh, uh, along those lines, but he, he did just in a very dejected way said we were horrible in the second half. Mm -hmm. That was, that was Joe Burrow's big takeaway. And he exited stage left quickly. He Mm -hmm. took enough questions to get, you know, like he didn't, he didn't, I mean, it wasn't short to the point where he showed up and said, I'm just here. So I don't get fined. (laughs) He answered some questions, but he was, when there was a law, thank you. And he was out, you know, um, anything you took away from his short and sweet press conferences, Tim, you got anything?
2: Um, you know, we'll just have to watch the film. Thank you. Have a good day.
0: (laughs) There it is folks. The Joe Burrow presser. Congratulations. Uh, That's good stuff, Tim. Justin, anything from you? I mean, that's I mean, what. What can you, what can you say hey, about? That, him? He wasn't that was a happy. Good troll he should job. have been happy, right?
1: Yeah, that was a good troll job, Tim. Yeah, no. I'm, first and foremost, and this is another reason why I wanted to say that it's pretty much good that we did the raw reaction show today, even though we should have done it yesterday. But the reason why I'm glad that we did it because it gives me a chance to evaluate how this team is coming off after this game. And joe Burrow's mindset is exactly how my mindset is when it comes to evaluating this team they got to be better offensively they can't be going into these games with rushing 13 t- Mixon had 13 carries i believe once again under 100 yards i mean he ran the ball somewhat effectively here and there but not as effective as what kenneth walker did for seattle it was very frustrating they scored basically no points in the second half i know they got a field goal but at the end of the day it was like burrow couldn't Defense complete a pass to save us they did but it felt like the offense couldn't complete a pass to save their lives and that was just annoying and it was frustrating and it just made it feel like that we were going to lose this game when we started off thinking that burrow was probably going to have one of his best games of the season and mm-hmm. for it to end in that in that way i know burrow was thinking to himself exactly what worth probably saying This is unacceptable. We can't be doing these kind of things. We're supposed to be a championship caliber team and to muster up only 17 points in a day that we played damn near flawless football. The first two drives of the game. It's really not excuse. This is not excusable. This is not going to be the type of football that's going to, have us win games when we head on the road to play San Francisco. This is not going to be the type of game that when Buffalo comes into town or when we eventually have to go on the road and face Baltimore and then play Kansas City again and even Pittsburgh. These type of efforts are inexcusable. But again, he did give a lot of credit to the defense, and I was very happy to see that as well too, kind of like he mimicked what Zach Taylor said in his presser. But also Burrow said this in his post-game interview with Evan Washburn after the game. He just gave a ton of credit to the interview uh, to the defense for stepping up and carrying us through, and he even said, like you just said, offense was horrible in the second half. Like it was like he gave a Mm -hmm. strong emphasis that we were horrible in the second half, and this is and kind of like how he did that little quick ran off the kind of walk off the podium real quick. I'm I'm not tolerating this. He did the same thing with Evan Washburn too. After he gave short, sweet answers, just got to be better, and then he just walked off. You know, he's not Mm -hmm. apologetic for the win. Because he is going to, you know, celebrate us winning because it's hard to win games in this league. But at the end of the day, you got to be better. And he yep. understands that. And I'm going to carry that mentality along with him because it's like, I don't need to be too hard on him because he understands and knows that he's not saying, oh, well, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. He's not doing that. No. This is unacceptable. And he knows. Unacceptable.
0: We have to be better. You know, and I agree with you. And he pretty much paraphrased his his interview perfectly. And, um, you know, Zach Taylor's was accountability, but then a lot of the coach speak stuff. Um, my favorite one, and this is something we get the pleasure of doing this on Monday instead of on Sunday, right afterwards is being able to give you a Brian Callahan quote here says there's an accountability factor where nobody coaching playing has met our standard and our standards high. And it should be because we're capable of being really good. And thus far we haven't been. There's been a lot of reasons for that, but ultimately nobody cares. That's the quote I want. That's the sound yes. bite. That's the that's what I want out of out of out of the coach. I want a little more fire. You know, Zach gives the no. take responsibility. Fluffy, fluffy, fluffy. Um, I I like a little more edge. I don't I, like I I'm cool with it. I don't need the I don't want Coach Speak, and I don't want Coach Preach. I want somewhere in between. You know well, what I mean? That'll, I like probably,
2: that that'll probably be Coach Callahan's last conference that he gives. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's too much. You're giving too many sound bites. Get out of here. I like the sound bite every <laughs> once in a while. I
1: love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, I, I I did see the excerpt. I didn't, like, listen to it, but I did watch, read the excerpt from what he said there. And you know what? Like you said, this is exactly the kind of thing that I'm on, man. You got to stop. You got to stop acting like that. Everything is going to work itself out magically when it's not. Okay. You started off this season one and three. To be honest, we're very lucky to be here sitting here at three and three. We should have lost yesterday's game because Seattle (laughs) was right there to score the go-ahead touchdown to win the game. They were right there. And as far as the game against the Rams, again, you didn't dominate that team. So, I felt like we were still the better team that game but you can make you can make a reason for it's like man if this didn't go well and this didn't go we would have probably been sitting here one and four along with the New England Patriots right now one and five I should say but we're not we're not playing shoulda coulda woo because we've earned our wins just like we've earned our losses and we're not going to make any excuses about it that's what Brian Callahan is saying like we have the potential mm-hmm. to be better than what we've shown, and we can't just be sitting around here thinking that we're going to magically just make it happen just because we're the Bengals and we've been to a Super Bowl and been to an AFC Championship game. That's what I took away from that. And also, I got to ask you guys a question because this has been grinding my gears all weekend after the game and before the game and after the game. Are we ever going to see a moment where Brian Callahan is going to step out of the booth and stand on the sideline with Zach Taylor and Lou and Romo?
0: Um. <sighs> You know, I, I I think, and I don't know this. This is just my guess. I'm I'm thinking that's probably a Zach Taylor call. so since he's calling those plays, I think he probably wants that overhead view, if you would. Um, but that's just my guess. It's a hunch. Uh, I mean, I always I always like coaches that are on the field. I do
1: too, and this is why I asked that question. Because this is this is what the fifth year, fifth year in a row that the, these three guys have been mm-hmm. at, just been at the coaching staff right now. Like mm-hmm. this, they've been together for five seasons. But and we're not the only team. My,
2: but the thing is, is, we're not the only team that has their OC up in the booth. I know it's you know, true. I know we're it. not.
1: Yeah, I know we're not. But this is we are one of the only teams that have all three coordinators, coordinators and head coaches together. I mean, everybody right. else has lost guys, you know, or yeah. having to hire guys in after losing them for a, a bunch of amount of time. Like Eric B. finally left Kansas City. He's at Washington now, yeah. but they got Matt Nagy and, yeah. and he's standing on the sidelines. But I get yeah. that teams, Every team is different. But it just feels to me that if you're going to start growing together as a coach, there needs to be a little bit of evolution in that and how you how you start calling games, too. And I just I just don't feel like I'm seeing that. Out of Brian Callahan. It just feels what? like he'd just be chilling up in the booth, but that's just my visual opinion right there. Here's
0: Here's the reason why I, I like that idea. It's a little bit outside the box thinking here. Um, This might be a, a, a big Bengals theory uh subject here for you, Justin. If you, I think that the the best feedback, and this is not just in football, this is pretty much in any business, right? Comes from your ground level if, employees your your people out there doing it so i think the more you get feedback from the guys on the field like hey they're doing this hey they're outside leverage every first and second down hey they're whatever whatever the case might be when you can start interacting with every player more often to find those little things out i think that's where you can make adjustments in game quicker and i think that's where you can trust like you know, they talk about Kansas City, who's had the best offense over the past several years. And they talk about how those guys in practice are giving play ideas and drawing up plays, and they take them and morph yeah. them into something. Sure. And like that kind of stuff for the team we have right now, we should be doing that. We should be able to get that kind of feedback, not just from Joe Burrow, not just from Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor, but Zach Taylor's the head coach, right? He's he's looking over everything. If you had your OC back there talking while the defense is out there to all of the players about tendencies, what they're seeing, what they're feeling, what what their guts are, they might tell you that, you know, something's wrong with this dude's leg. I don't know what it is, but he can't mm-hmm. pivot off of his left leg. Yeah, I need to run stuff on the inside. Whatever it might be, you don't get that feedback if you're not there. And, and one of the things, and we'll just touch real quick here on coaching – um, before we go into you know players' responsibilities and stuff, but one of the things I had down here, my biggest thing is again, Lou Anarumo made in game adjustments. He uh he knows it seems to me like he sees opportunities, he sees where he's got advantages, and he can see where he's going to be able to take his shot. And then he knows when to call it. He dials it up at the perfect time, whether it's uh, Dax Hill on a safety blitz, Mike Hilton coming off the slot, rather it's um. And then he lets the uh, guys again, you know, the whole um, empowering your guys. B.J. Hill and Sam Hubbard did that twist at the end of the game by now. Yep, let's do it. End this thing, mm-hmm. and boom, meet at the quarterback. So I, 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 that's what I'm seeing out of it, and that's my, been my biggest frustration point probably over the last four weeks. Um, Tim, any thoughts on, on what you're seeing out there as far as offense and defensive coaching?
2: You, you, you guys can agree with me, or if you guys don't, I really don't care. But my opinion is this, is, is that I believe that Zach might be our issue because he is calling the offense. I don't know. I might be wrong. I could be totally wrong. But the way that these last five weeks or excuse me, these last six weeks have been going. We haven't been hot on offense at all. Is the offensive play calling? Is it maybe it's offensive execution? But I believe I I'm just gonna say it take the responsibility of play calling away from Zach. Yeah, yeah, he's the head coach, but there's got to be some something else that's going on in the coaching spot in the offense because you don't go marching down the field, two drives, score touchdowns, and then the rest of the freaking game do nothing.
0: I don't know. That's yeah. my opinion. I mean, have 152 yards passing in the first half, and you finish yeah, man, with pretty, 185.
1: That's terrible, and that's pretty Ow. much my lingo of when I brought up can we get to the point where Brian Callahan Brian Callahan, steps out of the booth as offensive coordinator and be on the sideline? Dan Pitcher can do exactly what Brian Callahan do. At least I think he can grow to that moment where he's the overseer. He also yeah. has a receivers coach that can do stuff, stuff like that too because I think ideally I think what they want to have happen or they assume that will happen, seeing thinking that if we see the success that we know that we can see, Brian Callahan is going to get a head coaching gig somewhere else. You got to give them some reps on those sideline duties as well, too. And then Dan Pitcher can naturally take over as offensive coordinator as you grow into that lingo. That's why I bring that up, because I do agree with you, Tim. I think that there is some sort of there's some sort of drop off with this play call. And this is not the first time we brought this up last year. We said the same thing, too. We just kind of. Glossed it over because we went on a 10 game winning streak, but there were spurts where it felt like that man, this play calling is just not cutting it right now. Joe Burrow's yeah. helping cover it, it up. That's and I think he covered it up for a little bit. And I think Joe Burrow's probably telling himself again, I'm not going to assume <laughs> because Joe Burrow got a strong mind, but maybe he's telling himself, Man, I can't keep covering up this nonsense anymore. I we need to do better just overall as a unit,
0: yeah. I- I agree with both you guys, and 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 I don't know if the answer is putting Callahan down there. You know, I, I keep referencing, you know, how Kansas City's always had their OC on the sideline. Both of them got OC uh, playlist, and the you know they got the big menu. It looks like a, a giant like yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. a bar and grill yeah. menu. Of yeah, place. the Waffle House menu. And, and they're yeah, and they're talking and going back and forth with it, and going and bouncing things off each other. I mean. I, I don't know. I, I would like it down there for, for the reasons I thought, but sure. At the end of the day, something's got to change. Something's got to be different. Absolutely. We got It's so. I don't know if the voice is getting stale to your point, Tim. Um, you know, that happens in leadership all the time and great leaders yeah. know when to bring somebody in to change that voice, whether yeah. that's OC calling the plays or rather that's, and listen, that is leadership at its finest. When you as a head coach can say, "Hey, my voice is stale right now. I'm going to let this guy start making making some of the calls. I'm going to let this guy do the play calling, um, see if we can shake it up a bit."
2: And that's what needs and that's what needs to happen. You know, something needs to happen, you know. We yeah. can look at all these, you know, hot offenses like Kansas City, you know, when the enemy was there and but Andy Reid was calling the offense, we all know that was the case. You know, and then now enemy is over in Washington, um, and I'm not saying Washington's awful because they're not; mm-hmm. they're winning games, they're winning football games. Sam How looks yeah, good, but anyways, they're, you they're can tell that, and you can tell enemy has control of the offense. Yeah, you know that's what they hired him for. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I just feel like, you know, just like same thing with the Steelers. You know. Tomlin was calling the defense. You know, he's always called the defense. You know, and I get it that Zach's, you know, been a QB coach and you know has all this experience and everything. But right now, just like you said, he needs to step up and take accountability and say, hey, you know what? It's stale. Let's let's let let's BC call the offense. Let's see what let's see what happens. Because it's different eyes, different play call. You know, yeah, he's you know, he's giving them ideas of what's going on. Hey, okay, this is on this play, da, 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 da Let's run this, and then Zach goes. Ah, you know what? Let's do this instead, or whatever. Give BC the chance. That's all I'm saying. Well, or
0: maybe you give him some series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe you yeah. say, "Hey, I'm gonna give you three or four series this 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 week um, to make yeah. some play calls, just to shake things up and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It, it might spark something. I, I, after last week, what do we got to lose, man? You know, yeah, that's right, kind of the right. way I'm looking at it. Our, our offense needs something, needs some kind of shot. Yeah. Well, hey, real quick, we're going to take a quick break here to pay some bills. Uh, you're listening to our Roy reactions. I'll run it through the jungle. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back. To our roaring reactions here on the Running Through the Jungle channel, I'm your host Brandon Harriet with your hosts Tim Lyons and Justin Lacey. All right, we've covered enough of the coaching. <laughs> I feel like we could probably talk about that until the, after the bye week uh, and get right back into San Francisco. But we're gonna we're gonna get off of them now. We got plenty of stuff to talk about. Um. We've alluded to the offensive struggles. Did you see anything offensively? You know, maybe it was just for one half. Maybe it was for the game. Whatever it was. What did you see offensively that you liked? Justin, it had to be something. What was it?
1: Joe Burrow's quick passing attack. Man is lethal. And he... he... Again, I'll preface by saying I gave so much credit to the Seahawks' defense because I thought they were very fast. They were very elusive. Uh, they just came off of a game where they had 11 sacks on the New York Giants' offense, which it's not really going to say too much because it is the Giants and they're not doing very well this season. But that still doesn't change the fact that they got 11 sacks against that team. So I was very nervous coming into this game that they were probably going to match up pretty well against us. But Joe Burrow's quick passing game just showed that, man, even though those guys were fast – Joe burrow's mind and the way he processes is even faster and that's the thing that i really like the most the big plays are obviously going to be there but especially when you see him and jamar and they're on sync with, with one another it's almost just like it's harmony it's like beautiful and then just it's just beautiful touch it's it's great football jamar made a catch down the sidelines i believe it was a nice quick throw for a nice i, I think it was like for 21 yards. And then he did a nice little spin move to juke out of two people and obviously got tackled. But mm-hmm. those are the kind of things that I just love seeing from this offense. Mm-hmm. When Jamar Chase is going, this, this the rest of the offense goes. That's what it seems okay. like. Jamar is the key that unlocks everything about this offense. But, yes, you still need to supplement it with a great Russian attack, which we haven't really found that balance yet. But I still I still feel like that the key to this, this Bengals offense, obviously Jamar Chase, but Joe Burrow's rhythmic passing, whether if it's quick passing or just throwing pass, it's just so lethal. And you can just see his mind just beat faster. He has a chess move answer to whatever the defense does. And I saw that on the first two drives. And honestly, throughout the whole game, it's just, again, completions just couldn't get made really in the second half. But that wasn't really all Bone Burrow. It was other factors of the offense too. But if I had to say one thing I like, it's that.
0: Yeah, and I also thought Joe got off the spot again. Two weeks in a row scrambled around mm-hmm. there were a couple times he was running around and i was i was yelling no get down just go down just go down um but i'm worried about the calf i think he's looking better i like having a week off right now um i'm, I'm hoping we can put that thing behind us um tim now i know you wanted to give your offensive game ball to the water boy was there anything else other than the water boy that you saw out of the offense that you liked?
2: You know, Joe, he did. He he surprised me and then he shocked me. And then I was like sitting here going, No, 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 don't do that, don't do that. You know, I remember one pass he threw, I swear he did, like a pirouette, you know, like single toe pick spin in the air, and then threw the ball. And I was like, wait, oh Joe, don't know, you know. But seeing Joe back, you know, playing mobily, you know, he actually ran for a first down too. Um, It's nice to see. Uh, But where'd that go after those first two drives? I I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of confused on what happened. I don't know if they lost their mojo after those two touchdowns and uh, wasn't sure what the hell they were going to do after that. Um, And, of course, you know, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Run the damn ball. We did not run the damn ball yesterday, you know, and it yeah. 12 carries for Mixon 3.2 yards, his <laughs> longest was five yards, and they ran the ball 12 times for Mixon. That is, yeah. Um, they didn't, you know, their game playing yesterday. And, and don't, don't, if any Bengals fans are listening, don't take this as I'm harping on the Bengals. No, it's just we were expecting to see the run game being ran. You know, 25 times, you know, the ball being ran 25 times, you know, making those DBs, making those linebackers, those defensive ends kind of give cushion to the offense a little bit. You know, we got to run the ball again. We, we have to. I don't know. You know, it, it the offense just staled out on us out of nowhere. But, you know, like I said, the first two drives were wonderful. Um, it was nice to see Yoshi get his first professional touchdown. Um, and, you know, Joe Burrow went and collected the game ball for him, which was just, you know, just awesome. Yeah, very cool. You know, very cool. It, it's very cool. And, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd, like Brandon made a point earlier during when we were backstage, you know, Tyler Boyd had a reception or led res- with receptions and uh, in a touchdown. So, you know, that's promising to see.
1: On that Yoshi touchdown, because here's the thing we kept doing, Tim. Brandon straight up axed us both. Name one thing that we liked about the offense. <laughs> we both named what we liked, but we went into right into the negative.
0: We- yeah, <laughs> we did. yeah. We went. Well, right and into here's the another negative. thing. I yeah. don't think there's there's no need to apologize to Bengals fans out there about negativity on certain things. Right. There so, is a higher standard than 17 points. It's certainly it certainly is.
1: It's cer- it certainly is. But I did want to bring up though, because to tie into the positive I brought up, that Yossi touchdown. I can't believe I didn't even mention it. Man, it's just so nice to see Burrow nimble in the pocket. You know, he was backpedaling. He did like the Muhammad Ali backpedal. That was was sick, man. I think he's the only quarterback I know that does that in the league. He did that last year when we played the Chiefs in week 13 here at home. Mm He it was on a touchdown to Chris Evans. If you guys don't recall it, please look up the video when you guys watch the highlights and he threw his touchdown. It was almost very similar to the one he threw to Yoshi. You know, he just kind of yeah, backed both up out, and to left, the left. yeah, yeah. And then and then he just lasered it. He had that ball down to his hip and then he just lasered it right through to mm-hmm. the uh to Yoshi for the touchdown. Yeah, I am glad that he showed leadership. It's like, oh, I'm going to get him this ball because it's his first NFL touchdown. So how often does that even happen? So, yeah, I just just had to bring that up.
0: Yeah, and and listen, we don't – I'm not going to sit here and drag a human being. Not going to sit here and drag one human being. But there is going to be an accountability on this show, I think, that – that is the same standards that the co- the players and the coaches and everybody else holds themselves to any of those those guys cordell volson doesn't go home and say oh man i played great last week he didn't do that <laughs> last week you know what i mean like Real i'm no. not being i'm not being disrespectful for to him you know what i mean i'm not saying he doesn't have a place in the league I'm not, I'm just saying we expect more out of our starting left guard right now for sure than what we're getting sure. from him. Can he mm-hmm. get there? He you know what? He he went to a smaller school. Um, so he didn't get to see massive monster athletes like this on a week to week basis. The more he sees it, the better he's gonna get at it. There's a chance that he improves and is the guy that some of those offensive linemen say he is. It's not that we're dragging people It's not that we're being negative You do gotta run the ball more than 12 times For That's sure. the NFL man If you yeah. wanna go here, You know Butterflies and pick flowers with people There's a plenty of other places You can go listen to podcasts Here we're gonna give you some real stuff What mm-hmm. we need to improve on What we need to do better and What we've done well You're gonna get it all I'm No need to apologize man We're good I, I love it. Chase Brown. We had Chase Brown side. He got one he carry, had one some catch. Action. Okay. He had some action. That was good. Do um, do more. <laughs> at least my guy was out there. I, I, you know, I think he's one of those guys. He's got some quick twitch. Obviously, um, the speed of the game and 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 how big some of these guys are. He might not be that third down back. It's gonna pick up that block. But I think he can do some good things in this league. I'm I'm glad we're getting him out there, getting some of those younger guys out there again. Um, Defense. We've talked. How have have we not talked about this
1: defense yet? And we're almost (laughs) 35 minutes into the show. I mean, we (laughs) talked about it in pockets,
0: but like more specifically. Listen, the defense, we're going to say a lot of good things about the defense. I'm going to start off with a negative. They, They gave up 323 yards passing. But, in Lou Anarumo fashion, then don't break. Make the big play when you got to, and they kept them out of the end zone. They got those turnovers. So, Justin, who's uh, what? What did what, you see out of the defense that you liked? Um, other, other than just they just just as a a whole in general, what was your? Oh yeah, I got you. Where are you go? The going? defensive the defensive line shut
1: all of our critics up including me because i brought up on the show before on the, when we did the pregame running through the jungle episode that that is starting to become a concern the run defense is not as good as we thought it was they're kind of losing their edge and their mojo a bit man that they put that to bed last yesterday um yeah. the,
0: yeah, the amount of pressure driver, that they get the first driver too I, I thought oh, go, oh here we go another 150 yard game I,
1: I, Exactly. I thought that exact same thing, too. After that first drive, I was like, here we go again, man. But that's a product of an opening scripted drive, you know, that they just went down a field and then got seven points out of it on their first initial drive of the game. Um, and the office did them some favors, too, by matching them with their touchdown to open up the game, too. And that kind of set a new energy for the defense. Like, all right, cool. It's going to be one of those kind of days, but let's go out there and let's shut them down. And they did exactly that. So that was the only touchdown Seattle even did. And when it came down, when they bowled their necks, they really got after it. Two straight four and outs on back-to-back drives. It was also really frustrating because after the first four and out, when they were in the red zone and the offense got the ball back, it was really pathetic that we couldn't even get a first down to kill the game right then and there. But the defense saved our behinds again, saved the asses of the offense again. And man, when you thought that Geno Smith laser that throw into tyler lockett to get them into the red zone and then to the goal line we all as fans thought to ourselves this is how we're gonna lose this game oh my goodness yep. we did all yep. this work and if we would have lost that game i promise you i would would not have blamed the defense for this i would have still put the blame on the offense because they kept putting them in bad spots but the defense rose up to the occasion and was like, no excuses. Let's go out there and win this game and shut these boys down. And they did exactly that. Sam Hubbard, Trey Henderson, BJ Hill, DJ Reader, they all got in there and just started hitting guys. And it was just amazing to watch. So the entire defensive line, they shut all of the critics
0: up, man. I give them credit for that. Yeah. If BJ Hill plays like that all season, we're going to be a really good defense. For sure. It changes the interior when it's him and DJ Reader playing. At that next level, um, you know, uh, I keep saying it week after week, and, and, and maybe I am a homer as a Michigan fan, but my boy Dax Hill, man, he came up, made a couple plays in the run game. Mike Hilton came up, made a couple plays in the run game. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt. Made a couple of plays in the run game. These guys are not as smaller defensive backs. They are not afraid to put their nose in there, and I thought that was a huge difference in, in stopping that run too. That stretch play, mm-hmm. there was there was a safety or a corner uh, or or a slot corner that you were going to have to deal with on that play. That was going to come up there, stick their nose on somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that, Tim. What did you get from the defense that really stood out to you?
2: Yeah, you know, this is the best defense that we've had all, all you know for you know the whole year so far. This is the best defense we've had. You know, for them having to be on the field for 34 minutes, they played ball. They stopped the Seahawks from scoring touchdowns. Yeah, they they allowed that first one the first drive, but after that, you know, they actually stepped up. They shut them down. You know, yeah, at the very end of the game, I was I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, here it is. And I had my mother-in-law texting me, oh, good game. I said, It ain't over with yet. Because the way it was looking, I was like, Oh shoot, oh shoot. And then we just stood our grounds, sacked Gino for the you know, for the final play of the game. You know, it was great, you know, to see Sam Hubbard and Hendrickson and DJ Hill and DJ Reader. You know, I don't know how many more you guys want me to name Hilton, CTB, you know, Dax Hill. They all played great ball for being on the field for 34 freaking minutes. You know, it was nice, to, you know, even though, like Brandon said, 323 passing yards, but we held the Seahawks under 100 yards rushing. You know, mm-hmm. without that, that, that's we'll a great. We'll take that trade off. Yeah, I'll take trade-off. that trade yeah. off. I'll take that any day because, Nick you know, Yeah, like I was afraid that at the very beginning when that game started, I was like, "Oh shoot, here comes uh, what's that? What's that cat's name?" the The back. Kenneth Kenneth Walker. Walker. I was like, "Here comes Kenneth Walker. He had he had a nice couple runs, you know, then he you know nailed it into the further touchdown." I was like, "Oh shoot!" Just like Brandon said, but Lou and the defense, those guys just balled out yesterday and shut the Seahawks down because. It was do or die for us, and, and they stood their freaking ground. It was great to see.
0: You know what it reminds me a lot of, Justin? You remember uh, in the Belich- Belichick heydays of defense? Yep. What would they do? Your best player is not going to beat us. Yep. All right, so today your best player looks like Kenneth Walker after that first drive. He's done. Mm-hmm. That's what
1: it looked like. They were like, nope, yeah, I, I, that I, guy's I, done. I swear to God, I don't think he made another impact on another game, like any other drive ever since that touchdown run that he had. And I have him on my fantasy, so it was kind of like a double edged whammy for Y'all me. It got like, him on one Dang of it, we scored I'm like, but yeah, I kind of need that. So, but no, it was a, you know, I swear I do not think that he made any sort of impact the rest of the game. He's a hard runner too. I think he's one of the best running backs in the game, top five, top ten, however you want to rank them. I don't care. I like mm. Kenneth Walker so. And for yeah, him to take him away, it was just impressive. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And yeah, Kenneth I, Walker's ball carry vision is just crazy. And for us to be able to shut him down and, you know, keeping yeah. a 3.3 yards to carry is great.
0: I, I, I agree with you. There was, <laughs> um, what do you know, 19 for 62 yards. Mm-hmm. Zach Charbonnet, who there was a lot of uh, chatter about from some Seahawks, uh, I was listening to some Seahawks uh, podcasts and stuff. Two carries for five yards, um, and there was zero back down from our corners on DJ Mac- or uh, DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Zero, and nobody was man, intimidated. He did not care. He did not care one bit. He, I'll man. take your best punch. Let's go. We're just gonna keep he,
1: fighting. In the way he got into DK Metcalf's head for mm-hmm. him to commit that penalty, that was beautiful. It was incredible. I think that was more impressive than even in the diving interception that he made, which was even more beautiful. But yeah. man, Cam Taylor Britt just put the seat belts on DK Metcalf, and it was just like you said. He was just up for the challenge. He didn't care for damn about how big dude was. Cam Taylor Britt mm-hmm. pretty big himself, so he was like, "All right, I'm physical too. So let's go." Yep.
0: And, and- they're just not going to be intimidated. They're not going to back down. They're, they're going to take your best shot and keep coming at you. And and the biggest question mark I had going into the season, I feel like has been answered with an astounding exclamation point. Our yep. defensive backfield is just fine. And okay. Cheeto's not 100%. Um, you know, I, I think Cheeto's backs bothering him. Coming back from a knee injury, you know, different gait here and there. Um, I think this is a really good time to get him an extra week. Obviously, Orlando Brown Jr. with the groin injury, an extra week off. Hopefully, he can come back um, and be himself again. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm – again, buy low. I've said it, right? Two weeks in a row, I've said it. Buy low. I'm buying stock. My problems aren't problems. Our offense, I feel like it's going to get right.
1: Yeah. I do want to bring up two different negatives, though. Not to be a Debbie down on the defense, because as a unit, they balled out collectively. But I think mm-hmm. we need to start asking, of, asking ourselves some of these questions. And I'll start with these two. But these are going to be continuations topics as we continue on throughout the season. if They don't rectify themselves. The first one is, are we sure Chido Bear is is back at full strength? He did not look good. Oh, he's he numb. got cooked for, he, he got cooked on a long ball. Um, Gino, Gino Smith got to him today and Cheetos just let a big play happen. Again, I like to think that that's sort of uncharacteristic of him. He, he's a very intelligent player, but it was not, it was not a good one by him. It's not a good day. When you come out from ACL
0: and now your back's hurting you, he's not at hundred you know, percent. I, I listen, it's hard to make that call. And say mm-hmm. DJ Turner, you're starting, and Cheeto, you're gonna. No, no, I won't make
1: that call at all. Yeah, but I it, think might have is, been
0: the, it might have been the right call for this week, to be honest. With you.
1: Yeah, it, I think that maybe sooner or later, if it continues, then we may need to look to make a, a change into the lineup. Like, hey, maybe we move into the slot or something. I don't know, but that well, is hurt. something I mean, that I'm going to my eye that, yeah, on. That's part of for it. sure. And then the number two. Are we ready to see this Jordan battle era begin? Because I do not feel like Nick Scott is the guy.
0: I don't right. know. I kind of like the way they're using them now and rotating things in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure yet. I'm not hundred percent sure. Okay. I That's like, fair- I like battle. I think battle is going to be the better of the two
1: sure and like i said those are things that we can continue to talk about if these things persist um maybe on the next episode when we keep your eye on yeah it's something to kind of pay attention to because look we're at the bye week now it's going to be a track meet the rest of the way going into the second half of the season and we still got some things we got questions to answer so for me on the defensive side i'm just going to stick with those two for now
0: so it's that time of the uh of the show, where we gave we gave our predictions on uh, offensive and defensive game balls. But now we're gonna give our game balls out. Yeah, uh, Coach Taylor gave the entire defense a game ball. Um, what did he do? <laughs> did he even give the offense one? I don't know. Um, I think he gave Yoshi know, one. And, and listen, I made, on a okay. I made a joke. I made a joke about Tim wanting to give it to the water boy, but that's what he said. I didn't say it. He said, we we'll give the offensive game ball to the water boy. I don't know if <laughs> I can argue with him. Justin, who who you giving your... Listen, these are both hard for two different reasons. It's hard, sure, to, it's hard to find one. It's yeah. hard to find one on offense to give it to, and it's hard to narrow it down to one on mm-hmm. defense. Who are you giving your offensive game ball to?
1: i'm giving my offensive game ball to tyler boyd uh he showed up as a leader today and got the touchdown like i thought he was going to get and you know it was great for him to get himself out there again to show him that hey don't forget about me now y'all have me number three on the totem pole but i was a number one and he's always been that kind of a number one caliber in our eyes so i'm going to give him my offensive game ball for the offensive side of the ball and did you say for defense too or-
0: no, I want to stay on offense.
2: Tim, who you got? Okay,
1: good, good. All
0: right. Who's you your know, like said, game ball?
2: Like I said uh, on Wednesday, um, Joe Burrow. I want to give it to Joe Burrow. You know, he, he those two drives, you know, and he tried. You know, he he was trying to get the ball out to people, but, you know, there's some tight end that we had out there that don't know how to catch the football. I'm not going to mention his name. Um, but I'm going to give it to Joe Burrow, you know. 24 for 35, 185 yards, two touchdowns. You know, I just got to give it to Joe.
0: 33 uh-huh? yards a I ain't giving it to Joe.
2: Okay, he well, could have gotten that's a good. 300-yard day.
0: He, he definitely yeah.
1: could have had a 300-yard day for real. Like, it, it it wasn't his fault for real that he didn't have that. But, you know.
2: It takes 11 guys. It was still some air throw.
1: That's true. It's, he did have some air throws. But I think that yeah. it was not all of him. Especially, I get you. We
2: don't Listen, have to I- agree on everything.
0: I was one catch for a 75-yard touchdown, getting this guy's stats perfectly right. That could have happened at any point in time. <laughs> but I'm I'm also giving it to Tyler Boyd. He had seven catches. He had a touchdown. He looked really good. It was nice to see him getting some balls. Although it was the Tyler Boyd's Tyler Boyd specialty. Um you know the the in routes, the the option routes where he's picking up third downs. Um, nothing really down the field. Which I'm I'm over the the experiment right now with Irv Smith for the moment. I think you need to somehow get Tyler Boyd. Maybe it's out of those bunch routes. Maybe it's out of something. He needs to start running some of those seam routes that you normally have those tight ends run because it ain't working with him no so, it's not so i i think that's i think i think that's the way we're going to work the ball down the field but that's who i got let's run it back defensive game ball tim who you got and if you feel like you need to give an honorable mention you go right ahead because it, i know it's tough to give it just one on this
2: i want to say happy birthday cam taylor britt you're my defensive game ball seven tackles uh an interception uh, three pass deflections. Uh, you know, Cam Taylor Britt is my defensive game ball. Um, as Brandon said, my honorable mention, because he already knows who I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it to Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson, 11 tackles, Logan two Wilson. tackles for loss. Logan, what did, what did I say?
1: Luke. You said Luke Wilson.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez. I keep getting these damn actors and football players' names mixed up. It's called old age. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, Logan Wilson, sorry, is my honorable mention. Um, He had a hell of a game. Wow. The, the whole defense, the whole defense had a hell of a game. You know, the whole defense just played, you know, the, their best ball. They've played all, all year long. I concur. Mr. Lacey, defensive
0: game going, ball, who you
1: got? I'm going the same route because Cam Taylor Britt was my choice too. I have nothing to add on him on him because he lived up to the challenge. All the talk about – you know, Devon, Devon Witherspoon and Tariq Woolen on Jamar Chase. You know, you know I know that there was some chatter about that prior to leading up to the game. But they did not even bring up the fact that uh, <clears throat> DK Metcalf, you're going to have a challenge on your hands. And it's going to be with CTB. And he put the seatbelt on you. And I, I, that, that's my guy that I'm going to give the game ball to as well. So honorable mention for me personally is going to be Trey Hendrickson. Because I'm going to keep riding the Trey Hendrickson train. Because I feel like that he is one of the elite pass rushers in the NFL and he needs to start getting recognized as that. He had another sack again yesterday. He's up to 7 for the season. And if he continues this pace, which we feel like he can, you might see that man get put up in there in the defensive player of the year nominations. I'll just leave it at that.
0: Uh You know what? I I picked Trey Hendr or excuse me, I picked Sam Hubbard to have 8 tackles, one tackle for loss and one and a half sacks. He had 7 two tackles for loss. And he had one sack and I'm still arguing he had one and a half.
2: Yeah. I'm still arguing he had one and a half. I you know, I'm agreeing with you, bro. That was I would say that that was a half a sack, but yeah, I agree. And
0: I'd love to sit here and tell you that I give him my game ball, my defensive game ball just because I like being right. CTB happy birthday brother yeah it's a clean sweep um mm-hmm. not only the big pick that really really won the game for us but just the aggressiveness that he played with um controlled aggression not getting the big penalties uh getting being the instigator uh instead of you know the instigated um mm-hmm. I, I really, I really liked where his game went, and I think that's that's the best version of Cam Taylor Britt. My mind playing physical, getting in somebody else's head, him not getting the uh, silly penalties, uh, him not biting on the double moves, him him playing. I thought that was a great brand of, of ball. There was a third down earlier in the game. Um, where I thought they had picked it up, and he literally just would not let that ball get caught. He did, he, it was a pass breakup that was perfect in my mind, and 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 those are the kind of things I want to see out of him. Cam Taylor Brick gets my game ball in an ugly game, but there were a lot of ugly games this week, mm-hmm. uh, and it was one we had to get. Uh, the Ravens got one. The Browns got one against Major the 49
1: Major upset. And um, listen, this just that's goes impressive.
0: To, it goes to show you, though, you know, um, if you look at the Browns, they've, they've had some of those, we talk about AFC North games, crazy, terrible weather, rain um, in the 40-degree mark, rain coming in sideways off that lake. It's tough for a San Francisco team to go there and pull off that win. Or it's tough to, you know, anytime you're playing in the rain, anytime it looks like that, it's rough. You saw what Joe Burrow looked like in week one. Um, and I didn't look a whole lot better in week two, but that's, that's AFC North football, man. You just got to find a way to win. It. It's tough to mm-hmm. win in this league. We got the dub. I'm still buying that stock low. We're at Roddy Dangerfield right now, the AFC, and I'm okay with it. Exactly. All right. Any parting shots? We're three and three.
1: We're at the bye. We can reevaluate where we are. Everything's right in front of us. We got to play better on offense and just know that everything that we've always envisioned this team to be in 2023 can still happen. So my parting shots is keep the energy up. Be hard on them if you have to. We got a tough stretch coming. 49ers, man, we, we got to be ready for them boys. You know, they just took an L against the Browns, as you just mentioned. So we better be ready to get their best shot when we go and see them out there in Santa Clara.
2: Tim. We got Scott.
0: Scott.
2: Get it into the bye week. Get it into the bye week. 49ers, when we come back, the Bills, the Ravens. The Steelers twice. The Kansas City Chiefs. We got to get right on this bye week. We just got to get right. They got to get them all on the same page. Um, go out there and play tough nose. AFC North football. Mix in that run. Mix in that run. Get those boys to get soft on that, on that defensive line so Burrow can throw that ball. 68 yards down the field to Jamar Chase for a tutty. Let's get right. And I think this is the week that we get right. Is this by week? You know, we need this by week. And I I see some positive things coming. Maybe there's a chance that we take the AFC North back and cross my fingers uh, and my toes. But let's get right this week.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. There's definitely a bootstrap mentality that I think needs to happen on that front seven. Those uh, and those, the offensive line, um and man, Orlando Brown Jr. needs to be healthy with Bosa running around out there. But my biggest thing is this: this team plays the best when they're loose and they're out there having fun. We gotta play up tempo and go have some fun. Amen. Take a few days off. Get your head right. Relax. Uh, ain't nobody out here giving up on you. National media might. But, uh, you know, Bengals fans out here, we see what we got. So, no. I uh, I expect the offense to right the ship. But it's it's a, it's a gauntlet we're coming through. Let's go get them. Hootay Nation, have the week off. You'll still hear from us. Uh, Wednesday night, we'll be on YouTube. Thursday morning, we will be out there for your Spotify... Apple Pod, Google Pod. Um, Mr. Chase Younce has been doing some pretty cool things down in Cincinnati. Uh, So I know you didn't get the cutting to uh, cut to the chase last week. Um, But he was doing some live game stuff down there for Bearcats. Uh, I mean, he called Nell, but he he did well. Uh, I heard some (laughs) of the some of the stuff out there. He did put it up on YouTube. So check that stuff out. Um, Boy, got some chops, man. Props to props to you, Chase. So that's all for our roar reactions, our co- coaches' cliff notes. We'll be off next week. For me, Brandon Harriet, Tim Lyons, Justin Lacey, we're out of here, Hootay Nation. Hootay, see you two weeks.
2: Houdé.